like, what's up, everybody? This is Mr. Homan, uh, family support specialist for Say Yes Cleveland, up here in the second floor uh, career center, um, and um, the host for this podcast. We have Miss D Class in here, and we're going to be talking about uh, a very sensitive topic today. We're going to be talking about mental health. Uh, mental illness, suicide, depression, anxiety, bullying, and and a bit more. So we have uh, a group of very intelligent students sitting here with us, and we're just gonna jump right into it. But first, I want y'all to say hello. Everybody, say hello. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? <laughs> All right, they they always act shy, but off yeah. the microphone, they be they be lit. So the first question we're gonna ask. Um, is in y'all opinion give me y'all opinion what role do schools families and communities play in addressing mental health issue issues amongst teens what role do schools families communities play in addressing mental health issues among teens anybody could jump in I feel like schools I don't know like they can't really be a big part because they can't like really do anything but just suggest things for you but a family you always have a family member by your side to help you get through stuff yeah they can't play really a big role because they can't really relate to the situation who who can't play a big role just people at school in general unless they've been through what you've been through okay the school so you say schools what about communities though communities yeah i think they can for real but it really it really depends on the person who you're talking to so you so you can relate to them mm-hmm I think, like, as in your parents, I don't know. I'm just not used to seeing parents understand, like, our problems mentally. Like, I've never seen a parent that could connect with a child about what's going on with their child mentally. Well, why do do y'all think that? I mean, from personal experiences. Okay. But I... Okay, it can change. Like, parents can do some type of, you know what I'm saying? They can help in some type of way. You just gotta, they just gotta sit and actually listen to you. If you tell them, if you go up to your parent and be like, oh, I'm not mentally okay, they're not just gonna be like, oh, okay, well, let's do this, let's do that. What's, what are we gonna do to help you? They're just gonna be like, oh, well, like, what you want me to do about that? Exactly, but if you sit and actually talk to your parent and try to help them understand, they can do some type of work. But do you think um, parents just don't know what to do? Because I, I would say you guys, you guys are a hard bunch to read, you know. And I'm speaking in terms of y'all generation. You guys are a hard bunch to read. So meaning, um, we we can offer help to you guys, but if you guys don't want to talk about it. Or something like that You'll shut that door And be closed off To anybody helping you So do you guys think That maybe it's not Your parents Not understanding Do you think it may be Because you guys are A bit closed off I mean Sometimes Sometimes It's hard to Sit and open up If you don't feel like They can understand right. you It's so, hard to open up To someone Who's like Who's like giving you signs That they're probably Not willing To like to understand That's why we're so closed off So Mm. sometimes Most kids need that push To like You can talk to me 
Like, if you got and a then, parent like, that you're not used to talking to about certain stuff, they're not going to open up to you just like that. So, so what do you what? So, what are y'all looking for then? Because I heard you say signs that um, parents, people giving you signs that they may not understand. So, what are some of those signs that they may not understand, and what are some signs that they may understand? Well, me personally, as a closed off person as I am, I I feel like signs is like somebody that I know can like keep their mouth shut like my mom personally runs her mouth a lot so i know like i can't go around telling her so trust yes trust <laughs> okay okay <laughs> so like i have to know like that i can trust you in my business first so i have to be around you a lot but like i barely trust people myself. okay so it's like it's all about trust okay so like once you find somebody that you could trust and like you like your mental health is like off like you're not healthy mentally Mm-hmm. And like you just have to talk to that person that you trust, and like it will probably get better. Okay, what about you? You don't, you don't, you don't see any signs or anything. I mean, you just gotta pay attention to the person who who you try who got, who's showing the signs. Right, that's what I'm saying. What are some of the signs though? Like, I don't know because I don't really be having, I don't really be going through stuff when I'm depression or anything. So I don't really be showing no signs or paying attention to people to see they signs themselves. So I don't know. What about you? What What are some of the signs to keep you closed off? Like that they're not, that your parents not going to listen or understand where you're coming from? A big one for me, like when it comes to my mom, is facial expressions. They tell a lot in any situation. Like facial expressions is a big thing. And with my mom, she got a way of, like you could tell she not hearing you, like she not understanding what you're trying to say just by the way she looking at you or like if her mouth or her jaw drop or like something like that or her eyes squinty low or something like she just like you know what I'm saying like what are you talking about mm-hmm. like if she giving me that look like girl what are you talking about like you perfectly fine I'm not gonna talk to her right and she got a habit of doing that like rolling her lips and stuff oh <laughs> so 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 do you I'm, I'm about to throw the ball back in y'all court now do you all think that maybe you can be misreading some things? Because I, I'm a firm believer, you can't tell somebody that they're not going to do this or not going to do that if you haven't even given them giving them the chance to do that. So if you guys haven't gone to your parents and talked to your parents about what you may be dealing with as far as depression or whatever it is, it's not. I don't think it's fair to say. They're not going to understand or or whatever. I, I think you you should practice it first, give it to them first, and then see how they react, and then make that judgment. Because you may be surprised; they may they may say something that may be helpful to you, but you will never know if you don't ever ask and present it to them, so you can see what their reaction would be. What if you do ask and then present it to them, and they still just don't help? Then I I get it. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say worse reason why I say that is simply because parents aren't you know we're not professionals in that field you know some some people parents may be but sometimes your parent may not be a professional in that field so they're doing things out of love the best way they think they can help it you you understand what I'm saying so if they feel the best way to help you 
deal with an issue is to just tell you like it's gonna be okay although that may be the wrong thing to say they can only tell you what they know how it's not that they're not trying to understand it just me may be that that's all they know how to say you know and they may you guys may not pay uh, uh see it but they may something to help you cope with whatever it is you're going through it may be hey come take a ride with me or hey you want to go to dinner tonight or something like that even though they're not saying oh this is because i know you're going through something it may just be they're thinking in their head let me try to do something to 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 get them out of this funk or to make them feel better or whatever the case may be so i just say try to open up a lot more um i think i'm not a professional in that field but i think if you hold things in i think it can only get worse if you hold it in would you all agree with that yeah okay okay so let's move on to this next question. This next question is, can you share, can you guys share uh, some some times, um, you don't have to get too personal, but share some times that you all may have been struggling with mental health issues? During quarantine. Okay, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. During quarantine, like, I was really depressed. Like, I you know what I, I, I was failing all my classes. Uh-huh. And usually, like I'm a straight A student right now. I was when I was a um, when I was in elementary school and middle school. But then when quarantine hit, everything was over. I thought I thought I was gonna fail in life. I was really oh wow depressed. yep. And then I'm just like I can't go into high school like this. I was getting fat. I was just I, was, I didn't know what to do. Yeah, were were you afraid of not knowing? What was going to happen as far as the pandemic? Like if we were going to live? Or <laughs> yeah, like I thought the world was ending. Like uh, Yeah. What about you? Never really had no mental mental issue moments because the way I grew up, we never really had moments like that. So whenever I got, whenever things got tough and stuff, and just put it to the side and just kept going. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, just give me some then. <laughs> um... Let me think. Okay. You know me. I've been going through depression since I was nine. Up until. But, like, in 2019, when my best friend died, that was a big patch. Like, that's when depression hit me crazy. On some heavy stuff. Like, crying every day, all night, not eating, not doing nothing, just sitting in bed. Like, not wanting to go nowhere. All this. All this just sitting around. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to play. You don't want to. Get up and you know do something with yourself. You just want to sit there and mm-hmm. sob all day. Cause that's what I did. Just like the thought of losing somebody can really put you in a bad place. Yeah, that seemed to be a big one. And you know I'm a cheerleader, and in 2019, it was my freshman year. Yeah, 2019 was my freshman year. So it's like. I'm new to this high school stuff. Like I'm, I've been trained since sixth grade, so I'm going into freshman year, ready to, you know what I'm saying, ready to cheer. Even though it was during quarantine, Adam still had the cheer team mm-hmm. going. I didn't even want to do that. Like I didn't even want to cheer for real. Like it was so hard trying to come to a practice or do a performance when all you want to do is really just stay at home in bed. I understand that completely um, And I think we've all had Moments where we've we've dealt with Some type of depression issues I mean mental Ill, mental health issues 
uh, I definitely would say I'm with you as far as like when the pandemic hit. I, I didn't know what was going to happen either. I didn't know what we could do. And then watching TV and hearing what they're saying, they don't know what's going on. And then it's like being um, uh, using common sense. Like I'm like, they lying about this. They have to know something. So it was like when they said we had to uh, shelter in place and stay at home. I was just like, wow, the world is really shut down. You know, like where are we going to go? What about work? Uh, how are we gonna pay our bills? Like, what's going on? Like, how are we gonna pay our mortgage? Do, do, do the the uh, is the bank understanding, or are right. they gonna keep saying, "Hey, you gotta"? Like, it was a lot of factors going on. So, I definitely understand how uh, uh, young people, how you guys probably were feeling, also. But we're gonna move on to the depression part, and the question about depression from what you guys learned. From what you guys learned in Ms. D class, what are some of the early signs of depression that friends and family can look out for? Basically being closed off, just being to yourself, not really talking for real, and or just like not just not talking. Like it's I mean, I wouldn't say it's obvious to know somebody is something wrong with somebody, but it is kinda obvious when you notice if it's off with somebody that's usually like happy. Mm-hmm. Like especially if you know them personally yeah. and they're not acting like they so or like constantly seeing somebody fidget or like shake mm-hmm. or something like that or not eating. Yeah. So if I'm so if I, so if I'm shaking and fidgeting, that mean I'm I, I'm maybe dealing with something. You could be like anxiety play a role in depression too. So constantly shaking your leg or like playing with something. Can't, you know what I'm saying, stay focused on one thing. Could be a sign of depression. Okay, that, I think that's a good point. That's a real good point. Um, you know, I, I've never been diagnosed personally with depression or anything like that. But I remember as a teenager, I was maybe like, I think 12 years old. And don't laugh at me, y'all, when I say this. But I was 12 years old, and I was on my way to high school. And the girl that I that was supposed to be my girlfriend. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You, you was twelve on your way school? to high school? No, I was on my way to high school. Oh. I was what? on my way to high school. What do you mean, eighth grade? Yeah, I was in eighth grade. At I was 12? People, people yeah. started really? high school at thirteen. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was on my way to high school. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and she was going to one, of course, one high school. I was going to another high school, and she broke up with me. And I was like, why? She was like, she was like, because we're going, she was like, because, you know, we're going to meet new people in high school and stuff. I said, what? So that being the first time, you know, that I felt that way, I didn't know how to handle it. So, yeah, I was in my bed trying to sleep all the time. Uh, I ain't want to watch no TV. I usually sat and listened to the radio all the time. I ain't want the radio on. I ain't want to do nothing. I ain't even want to eat. And I was just like, what is this? What is going on? And I'll never forget R. Kelly came out with a song, you know, that was saying all those things. I said, oh, so I'm not the only one that deals with this stuff. So, yeah, I definitely can understand where you guys are coming from. Um, um, I forget the name of it, but it's like, I can't sleep, baby. I can't eat, baby, without you in my life. That's all. I ain't going to sing. Y'all ain't trying to get me to sing. I am, I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> so another question. How can you guys um, 
How can you guys support a friend who is experiencing depression? Just talk to them. Be open. Just or, let them know that they're not alone. Yeah, let them know that they're okay. Side to talk to. Okay. Showing them that you're there and that you care. That they can talk to you. So you, so you telling me, saying things like, uh, "Oh, you, you, you all right? This ain't nothing. No, you got bigger no, issues. No, that that ain't good. No, what? Got be way more than that. So, so saying stuff like, "Look, you, you need to shake that off. That ain't good. Okay, Sorry, those, those. Mama. Okay, yeah. okay. That'll so saying make, stuff like you that'll make them not want to talk to you. That's stuff. the easiest way to put somebody away. Yeah." Because you make it seem like what they're saying is not important. Okay. You and that can make them more depressed. So, so what about something like uh, a man or a girl? It's people that got bigger issues than you. Will that work? That's crazy. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good to know. Because I didn't think any of those things I just said were good things to say. I didn't think that. And that's good. So so give me you don't have to give me a whole bunch, but give me something that, that you think may be good to say. I'm always here for you and I love you. That's and good. Always talk to you. That's a good just thing. Like giving advice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like even if you gotta look it up on Google. Like <laughs> you know, just me personally, because I've been through it, it's not hard for me to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's like I know. I know okay. what to say, how to say it, you know, where to hit where to hit home at. That makes Let sense. You know that God is good. <laughs> Speaking from experience, just like just let them know. Just be like, I'm a, it's okay and I'm here to talk to you whenever you want to talk. Just stuff like that. That's some really good advice. You guys just gave some really good advice. Thank you. And that's 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 good. Okay. Wait, and then one thing I don't like is when people be like, It's okay. Like it's not okay. Saying it's gonna get better or like it'll be okay is one thing, but telling somebody, oh, it's okay, like it's all right. You know what I'm saying? That's no. Yeah, I know. Sometimes when you say certain things, it could be it could give somebody false hope because you don't you really don't know if it's gonna be okay. So to tell somebody like it's gonna be okay or whatever, like that's like what if it don't get okay? Then it's like, well, this person told me it was going to be okay and it doesn't get up. You know, yeah. So I, I do get that. I, I think when you're dealing with somebody who does have a, a, a ha, who's having mental health issues, I think you definitely have to be careful how you respond to them, things like that. So we're, we're going to uh, move along to, um, well, I have one more depression question. Okay. Let me ask you guys, can, can you, can any one of you guys from what you guys learned in class, can any one of y'all explain how depression in teens might look different than impression, uh, depression in adults? Dep- you go. <laughs> See, y'all already, it sounds like y'all already knew the answer to this one. <laughs> okay, like, when it comes to adults, they try and hide it way too good. Like, because they have better, like, they have more stuff to worry about. Yeah. Like, so, they not really, you know what I'm saying, trying Learned to focus more on their mental. Yeah. They just trying to make sure their kids good or, you know, their house. Yeah. Like, all of this, parents or adults, period, really just try to hide it. 
and teens, like, they, they think about it more because they have more time to think about it. They don't really think school, sports. No distractions, like, not yeah, as they, many distractions. Yes, they don't have no distractions from it. So it's like they constantly think about it, and that's constantly making it even worse. With an adult, they got bigger responsibilities. Yeah, they got responsibilities. Just other responsibilities. Yes, not, other, yeah. Yeah, yeah, other responsibilities. Yeah. They have other responsibilities to worry about. So when, that depression. so when it comes to anxiety, how can teens differentiate between normal stress and anxiety that needs to be addressed? How can how can you guys differentiate between normal stress and anxiety that needs to be ad- addressed? Meaning like we see that there is an actual problem here. You know, how can you di- differentiate you just being nervous and you actually having an, uh, uh, a mental health issue? I mean, when you're just going, you know, when you're just stressed out over something, it's not more of like a, I'm not going to say that, I'm going to say it's not more of like a mental thing, because it can be. But like, say you just stress out over like, what you about to put on to Or like a bad grade, like you can easily yeah, fix that. Like that's something that could be fixed like this, like, Put your mind to it and get it to your work. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. It's nothing. You know what I'm saying? You can fix that. But when it's mental stress, like anxiety-wise, you can't just snap your fingers and it's going to be okay. That or you can't time. go turn in some assignments and you're going to be good. Like, m- when it comes to, like, anxiety, like, mentally and mental issues and stuff like that, it's more of like a, I don't know, like a deep-down feeling. Like, you have to talk to somebody or like you have to do something to keep your mind off of you can't just fix it yeah. with a snap of a finger it's not that easy okay so so this next question I, I know y'all gonna love this next question this, I'm, I'm sure and I'm <laughs> certain that you guys have the answer to this one so the, the next question is how can how can uh, schools, and I'm specifically talking about this school that y'all, how can your school help in alleviating the anxieties that stem from academic pressures? So what what can your school do to help? Take away the anxiety. Take away that anxiety that come from well, academic I mean, pressures. Like, this school work. is trying to prepare you for college. <laughs> say, say it in the mic, day. Stop giving so much work. <laughs> but it's like they're preparing you for college if you want to go to college. So it's like in college, I'm pretty sure they're going to give you work, a lot of work with a deadline, and they got to get done. So mm-hmm. it's just all about prioritizing yeah. and, like, time management. Like, you just have to learn how to handle all that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, like, Teachers, like you gotta give us time. Try and have that bond or like that relationship with a teacher, so that you know what I'm saying. Even if you are, even if they are piling work on you back to back, back to back, like you have teachers, or there should be teachers that can help you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm about to give you these three papers today, but if you need me, I got you. Like, if you need help or you don't understand a question or you know, something like that, or you fell in with this assignment, I can help you. Like, not just not teachers that's just gonna give it to you, and if you don't got it, you just don't got it. Yeah. And if I already told you what it is, then 
So empathy and sympathy. Yes. Yeah. So so let, let's back up real quick. So I know you 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 guys mentioned teachers are preparing you for college. When you you guys haven't been to college yet, so I'm I'm just gonna tell you just off of experience, and I'm sure Ms. D could tell you the same thing. You do have professors. They have tons of students, tons of uh, of students, and um, they give you the assignment and they expect you to have it done. And it's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't care about you or they're not concerned about you or anything like that. But if everybody comes to them all the time and they need, um, oh, I don't have it. I don't have it in because of this happened or that happened and this, that and the other, then what what is it? That they're supposed to do They can't just Let everybody continue To do that You know what I'm saying Like they have to Say hey We have to put a mark On this Or The student has Has to do What they need to do To let the teacher know That that there is an issue For example If you have a A, a problem Where you have to use The bathroom Excessively and you haven't told your teacher, you haven't given your teacher a letter, a note, or anything like that because you haven't gone to the doctor. But clearly there's a problem. That's not the teacher's fault to be understanding to that. Because we do can we can we be honest and say that there are students who take advantage of certain things like that? Yes. Yeah. I I know I did when I was in high school too. I took advantage of, well, if they're gonna let me keep getting away with it, I'm gonna keep doing it. So I think we as students have to make sure that we're doing the things that we're supposed to do to make sure the teacher understands what's going on and not expect them to automatically just be like, oh, okay, I understand. And you don't have a paper in place to say that there is an issue. So, um, um, but just going back to what Dave said here, not giving so much work. I, I want you to elaborate on that. Some teachers in the school just give up too much work. Like, they don't give us some teachers just don't give us time to get the assignment done then turn in it's just an assignment every day back to back to back like Lemire said and they don't give us time they don't be showing no symptoms I don't know how to pronounce that word sympathy and empathy yeah, yeah, so so if they don't give you work every day to, and you finish it what you gonna do the next day with no work what you gonna do hang out he trying to flip it on me. <laughs> no, I just flip it on me. I just want you to understand. No, that's not what he's trying to say. There's teachers that give you five papers a day and then be bad on Friday when them 15 papers that they got <laughs> this week ain't done by Friday. When you never know what somebody is going through outside of school. Like, it could be so much going on and you're giving me 15 papers an hour like I, <laughs> yes, I can't do that sometimes I don't got the time to given, do it giving an assignment every day or like giving maybe two maybe even three assignments a day alright that's cool and a student play a big the students play a big role in that because if you know you got a paper due at the end of this class do the paper when she give it to you don't so, l- so let me ask y'all a question and don't take this the wrong way but let me ask y'all a question do you guys think that you may be putting more pressure on yourself than is needed and i'm not talking about just in school i'm just talking about just your day-to-day at home and all that and reason why i ask that is because i remember growing up i didn't have to worry about getting a job when i was your age i didn't have to worry about how the lights were going to be paid i didn't have to worry about how 
the the mortgage was going to be paid. I didn't have to worry about that those things because my mom was the adult. So she was the person that worried about it. You know, I was just able to be a kid. Do you guys think that you, you worry a lot about those things? Yeah, sometimes we got to be adults ourselves. Mm. Kids. It's a good point, Dave. young kid and then there's you so you got you at like 17 18 and then there's the your younger sibling at like two there's parents that don't want nothing to do with that two-year-old like i'm not about to watch her i'm not about to feed her i'm not about to take care of her like i pay the bills so that's when you gotta step up bring food in the house but i'm not about to make no food for her so now all the pressure's put on you now you're taking care of your sibling as if you birthed it wow that is how some parents do. Yeah. Parents they expect like the older siblings to take care of the younger siblings. So wow. it be there could be and then that so that's parents putting the pressure on you and then there there's you putting pressure on you. Like it's me versus me type. Cause when it comes to like stuff we want. If you got the right parent, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A parent that's acting like that's being a parent. They not just about to get you everything you put your eye on. Like, oh, I seen this nice pair of shoes and I want it. Well, I got bills to pay, so. Mm-hmm. So now the pressure's on you because now you, got, now you want a job and now you want to do all this so that you can get what you want. Mm-hmm. That's just putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. Just wait for it. Those are some good points. Um, you know, me being a parent, I, I definitely understand the things that you guys are saying. When you guys are speaking about uh, pressures and stuff, and it's unfortunate, you know, I wish you guys didn't have to deal with those type of things of feeling like you have to step up and be an adult because it's our responsibility as adults to be adults and your guys, you guys' responsibility to be children. You know, I definitely believe that y'all should have responsibility, but not responsibility like that to care for your younger siblings in that manner or worrying about I have to get two jobs. You know, so I can help out around the house. Uh, you and, and see, I come from my mother was poor. We didn't have a lot, but I definitely wasn't thinking like, oh, I got to get a job to help my mother. My mother allowed me and she didn't put that pressure on me. She allowed me to be a kid. And um, yeah, yeah, let's let's move on because we can go on with that, that one for a long time. Um, so let's move on to suicide. What steps? What steps can friends and family members take if they suspect someone is uh, contemplating suicide? Say, watch them. What you mean? That could be a problem, though. That could be a problem. Constantly watching somebody because you think they have a suicidal thoughts. That would make them. That that would make them not want to be around you. Yeah, like, all right, you see me. You know what I'm saying? You see me going through something. I'm feeling. Like, I don't want to be here. Why are you watching me like a hawk? Yeah. Do something. Mm-hmm. Something. You mm-hmm. just Talk to me. Like, you just watching my every move. So, so, okay. So, what are some things you think we can do? I mean, don't. I mean, you could probably, like, just, like, the same thing if they was depressed. Like, just talk to them. It's not really much you do could you could do. It's all about them. Mm-hmm. It's, like, all in their brain, all in their body. Like, that's how they are thinking. All you can do is just sit there and talk and listen if they want to talk. Mm-hmm. And you have to be there for them. It's not really much you can do because that's all about their mental. Yeah. Okay. 
the biggest things I be telling people when they talk to me about suicide, like suicidal thoughts, is mm-hmm. if you try and kill yourself, your soul is not gonna be happy. So once you're gone, like in the afterlife, you're still going through the same thing. There is no happiness because mm-hmm. your soul is still upset. Like. Everything, the anger is still there. Mm-hmm. Like nothing went away. You just not here no more. Mm. In the afterlife, you're still going through that same thing. You're not happy. You're yeah, not that's happy. that's that's definitely understandable. Nothing changes. But the biggest thing is just to talk, speak up. Like if you see or you realize, like somebody, you know, what I'm saying having signs of suicide, say something. Mm-hmm. They might not tell you. Oh yeah, I want to kill myself. But it's cool to just sit and like talk to me. What are what are some signs? I mean, the scars on the arm. Yeah. Or they self. Scars, you know, everybody knows that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scars, um, not eating. That's one because not eating. We all know what that leads to. Um, so you mean? So you mean you telling me uh, yeah. isolation? Isolation. isolation okay. Yourself? Because you may feel like you're you are being you a burden or a bother. Yeah, so. like you feel like you you're a problem in people's lives. That's a so you telling me people you guys say because I I've dealt in my past teaching and being an assistant principal. I've seen some children with scars and marks on their arms. So you're telling me that's just not people just doing that. No, no they're doing it for a reason. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't know. Some people do it for attention, though. Some people do do it for attention. There's a lot of people that cut and burn for attention just because they like the the feeling of, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, you want to talk to me? I got you. Talk about that more since you say they do it for attention. Like some people do it like, for attention. Some people do it for attention because they just like people just having sympathy for them. Some people just want that. They just want sympathy? Yeah. How you don't get attention at home? Yeah, mm-hmm. so they need some attention somewhere, and they go find any way to get it. So if that's the only way to get it, they go get it. Sometimes people think that the feeling of like people feeling bad for them is a good feeling. Yeah. Mm. And then with the cuts and stuff, I've heard a lot of people tell me. Well, I mean, I would say a lot of people, as if I just be around everybody that want to kill themselves. But. Um, I've heard before that the burning, it's like a burning sensation. Like, it just, it makes everything feel better. Mm-hmm. It, it, it sounds off. Like, if you hear it, you just like, what? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, that, that hurt feel good. Mm. But it's like, some people ra- rather let the physical pain overpower the emotional pain. Wow. That's, that's deep. You guys just, um, y'all teaching for sure. And, you know the next the next subject we're going to talk about is bullying and i think both of those kind of go hand in hand suicide and bullying because a lot of people commit suicide because of bullying right whether it's uh you know cyber bullying or physical bullying or emotional bullying like um did you watch that show um 30 reasons why yes the first season when it first came out you said sometimes it is sometimes good. Bullying could it could like it helps it, build character. It, it builds character. It, I know we've all been bullied. Yes, before. I've been bullied. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. 
good. It has a big impact on a person's life in the future. Okay. Like it could lead to something good or something bad. Something real bad. Hmm. Wow. So so how can bystanders effectively intervene? And prevent bullying. I mean, just simply just say, like, leave the person alone. I really think, like, I've been saying this the whole time. Say something. <laughs> like, <laughs> words can go a long way. Just speak up. Or just, like, be that person's friend that's getting bullied. Yeah, like, don't be the one watching, laughing, giggling, thinking that, oh, well, this ain't my situation, so why am I saying anything? Don't do that. Because once it is you, you're going to wish somebody was there for you. Right. You're going to wish somebody spoke up for you. But do y'all think? Do y'all think we, our culture, do don't y'all think we sometimes we may think that that's corny? Like yeah, like if you speak up and intervene, because we we seem to have this thing like oh that ain't my business, I'm staying out of it. Yeah, we we kind of do that, you know, a lot. Like that ain't that ain't got nothing to do with me. Let me stay out of it. Not corny, but like say you do help, and then you get tied into that person's problems. Mm-hmm. Should have yeah. just stayed out of it from the start. So, so what? So you. what else can you do then? All I can do is just either um, just be like. And then if you tell a, a staff member or a teacher, that's oh you snitching. Yeah. yeah. So so what else can you do? You can talk to the person that's bullying. Like I've seen a lot of people try and like talk to that person help them understand why it's not okay yeah. and like think about how if the roles were reversed and a lot of people be like oh but I don't care like I don't care about I don't care about none of that like I'm still gonna do what I do and I'm gonna keep bullying and if any got, anybody got a problem with it then da 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 but once it's you you, gonna, you really gonna understand like mm-hmm. while that person was just telling you it's not cool but some people smart enough to sit and actually think about what somebody's telling them. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if you see somebody bullying, you tell them like this is not cool. Like this person could go and try and commit suicide. Now they their lives literally they are gone because of you. Yeah. Right. Now you got to deal with that, the police and all that other stuff because you were bullying them. Yeah. And if they make a suicide note and they got anything with your name in it, it's raps for you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a good so point. That's a good point. We we do. You know, if somebody do commit suicide and it was be based off of something that you did or said to them, like you can be held accountable for that. You know, so so tell me um, what support can schools offer to to you guys um, to students who have been bullied? People like Homer. Yeah. <laughs> people like me. It was people like me. Just come in here and talk. Oh, just let y'all be able to talk. Yeah. Like, what are, what are they called? Therapist. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm not that's a therapist what though. No, like that's it. what I'm saying. Therapist. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm just sorry. a father. I that's can't a... sit and talk to a therapist. They be like, "All right, well, when you're ready to open up, you go ahead." <laughs> Girl, what? <laughs> I'm gonna leave. <laughs> I don't want to open up. But if you got somebody that's gonna be like, "All right, well, like when you want to talk, if you're ready to talk to me, you talk to me." Like, I don't know. No aggressive stuff. Just be cool. Help me ease my way into talking to you. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, "Well, I'm ready, so let's talk." Mm-hmm. Girl, what? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know, and I, I appreciate you guys. You know, trusting me with that um, because I, like I said, I, I have a. I said this before on another podcast, but I have a daughter, 
And my youngest daughter, she she experienced she's experiencing, you know, mental illness with anxiety and depression. To me, I was one of those people, you know, like, you know, oh, I don't believe in that, you know, or or growing up and my mother just saying, oh, just put some dirt on it. You'll be good. You know, that type of thing. But but then um, I kind of carried that same thing over. And when my daughter was suffering from it and I'm talking about from the time she was like one, two years old, you know, I, I used to be sleep. We'll be sleeping in bed and I can feel my daughter. She didn't talk or make a noise, but I can feel her standing over me in the bed and I wake up and I'll be like, baby, what's wrong? But it was that thing that you guys were talking about feeling like being a burden. She didn't say anything because she felt like I didn't. I don't want to bother my parents and wake them up. So she just used to stand there, twiddling her fingers, you know. And then when I wake up and say what's wrong, whatever it was that was wrong, she said, you know, I'm scared or this, that, and the other because she heard a noise. So of course, me being dad, hey baby, get in the bed. Her mother used to hate it, you know. She used to be like, oh my goodness, I, I don't need you in the bed with me. But I used to be like, nope, my baby got to get in the bed. She's scared, but. When she was diagnosed with anxiety, it made me understand, you know, like it 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 is real. You know, people are really going through these things. And I think a lot of us have to open up and open our minds and our hearts and not just tell people to to go on and let it go because we don't have the answer to help them. You know, just be an ear. And just like you guys said, just be that person to just say, hey, I'm here for you. When you when you're ready to talk, I'm here to listen to you. Is there anything else I can do to help? I had to learn that to be like that for my daughter, you know. So I I definitely understand. Um, can you guys? Um, well, we're gonna we're we're gonna move on uh, to building resilience. Um, as far as because even though we go through all this stuff, we definitely have to build resilience to be stronger in these situations. And understand the correct way to handle them. What what role does resilience play in overcoming mental health challenges? What role? What role does resilience play in overcoming mental health challenges? Okay, so what what resilience is is meaning like no matter what obstacles are in your way, you're still going to find a way to get to your goal. That's that's been resilience. Like we're gonna put things in place and do this and do that so we can get to where we we're trying to get. So what what role does resilience play in overcoming mental health challenges? Um, I'm gonna go for like distractions. Like sometimes, okay, distractions are not a big help. I'm not. I'm not even act like they are, but they can help. Like they can be a part of it. I only say that they can because if. Like my sport, or anybody's sport. Like, if you play a sport from the time you get out of school, it's like, what, like three hours after that, you're distracted. Like, you're not thinking about what's going on in your head. Like, you're not thinking about the problems at home. You're not thinking about none of that. You're just playing your sport. Like, that's what you're doing. But then again, once you at home, you back to square one. That distraction is now gone. So after it's gone, it's kind of like, so I don't really know if, like, distractions are, like, an answer to that question. Like, it can be, mm-hmm. but then again, it's not. 
because it's literally temporary. Once all your distractions gone, you're back to square one. I've definitely had a fair share of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, like you guys said earlier, how parents kind of have a bunch of things going on to kind of distract them, and that's the yeah. difference. So maybe taking on a hobby, you know, maybe writing. Uh, yes. Being oh, an, an artist, yeah, all, all different type of things. I I didn't realize that I was a writer when I was in high school, but then I started writing out all my feelings and stuff oh like God. that, and it ended up turning into me being a professional writer. You know, so I think you just have to find your way. It could be, like I said, photography. It could be painting. It could be writing. It could be whatever it is. Those are certain things that you can do to build up and build resilience and um, helping you manage whatever mental illness um, or mental health issues that you're dealing with. You know, so I, I want to say, though, well, first, Miss D, do you have any questions or comments? They, and, and I was just that's where I was going next. I was about to say, you guys, first of all, it takes courage, a lot of courage to even talk about this topic because it's so taboo or whatever and especially in our culture you know it's so taboo and the fact that you guys got on your own air this is a podcast and we are national y'all national like we can be heard on pandora apple spotify iheart all those those good platforms and you guys are talking about mental health issues um so when your peers people across the country across the world the same age as you can hear um, what you guys have to say. I think they have learned. They can learn a whole lot based on the things that you guys have have taught us today. And I appreciate it. You guys are strong and courageous for doing this. And big ups to y'all teacher too, Miss D, for for teaching you guys this for real. So, um, um, last last thing, so we can get up out of here. Um, just give some 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 quick advice. Each one of you give some quick advice. Uh, to some peers when it comes to dealing with mental illness you are loved <laughs> you are loved that's a good one I like that you are and you're definitely cared about and like worth like you, your life is worth is valuable your life yes. means something your life means something and, and you are valuable something, I say type oh my god okay I've been typing since I started like since depression hit, I love typing. If you feel like you can't talk to a person, talk to yourself. I don't care mm. what nobody say. Typing helps so much. Like it could do you so much justice. Like in your notes, you can write in a book. We're just like talking to yourself, period. Yeah, like, like in your room, listening to music, just or saying anything, how just you feel talking. out loud. Yes, or recording yourself. Like it's a good point. I do, I do, I, I talk to myself. I definitely write out my thoughts. I do, I have some really good conversations with myself. <laughs> like, I do. Like, yeah. like it, 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 you know, if it's something that I feel I can't get it out, nobody else I, I, I could talk to, I definitely talk about it and be like, man, why? Da, 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 da. It's, it's, it may seem, because back then when I was your age, people used to be like, oh, you crazy, you crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's therapeutic, you know, it's very therapeutic. So I, I would say if you guys are experiencing anything, bullying, feeling like you uh, want to 
harm yourself, commit suicide or anything like that, seek help. And especially here in our school, we have uh, a, a licensed uh, psychologist and um, mental health counselor here. And also I'm here. Your teachers are here. Our principals are here. You know, there are a lot of people that you guys can go to um, if you trust them to kind of um, seek help. So um, thank you guys for this. The, the the International Suicide Hotline is 988 for everybody. That's the National Suicide Hotline, 988. Dial that 24 hours a day. They can help you. Or 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-TALK. Those are some good numbers. Write these numbers down and, and save them and use them. Okay? So, again, thank you guys. You guys were beautiful. You did great. Uh, so until next time, we out. Rebel Nation Podcast. Peace. Yeah.